You're listening to a podcast from Victory. In Jesus, we are able to witness the fullness of God's power. Know more in week two of Unboxed. Hi, my name is Saul, and I'm sure you're wondering why I'm here. I'm one of the pastors here at Victory. If this is the first time that you've seen me, it's because I'm in Akasha, been in Akasha for a while. But Pastor Yale cannot be with us today. We are going through a series called Unboxed. Everybody say Unboxed. And what it really means is that you want to unpack it, okay? If you've, uh, if you've been here last week, Pastor Yale talked about unboxing something. It's kind of new in, not new, but it's, it's, a, uh, it's a sort of like um, a craze now. If you go to YouTube, there's a lot of people, you know, doing videos on how they would unbox a product, right? You all know this from iPhones to toys to whatever. So I think uh, the whole victory movement decided, now why not unbox okay, the prophecy regarding the Messiah? Why not unpack this? Because there is so much message to what the names or titles of our, of our Savior is. Right? You all know the Messiah, right? Okay. We're talking about names. Okay, What is in a name? Okay, What's in a name? When I had my youngest daughter... You know, before she was born, it was like almost 10 years after we have her. So, you know, for many years, we've been praying for this baby to come. So on our first, second year, we've been praying and fasting as well for a baby. We have, I had, uh, way back then, I had two kids. I had uh, Nathan and I had Elise, my son and my daughter. But we said, you know, actually, I want to have four, bro, just like you, bro. I just, you know, I really wanted to. Because, you know, children, how many of you know that children are a blessing? Right? You see, that's, that's the whole point. We were praying and asking God, Lord, bless us with another child. The years passed, a year, second year, third year, no baby. Okay? Fourth, fifth, sixth year, no baby. Seventh, eighth year, no baby. So finally, we said, you know, maybe it's not our time anymore. But guess what? Ninth year came, and somehow we were shocked to find out on our way to a mission trip to China, my wife, Luchi, got pregnant. And I was so excited. You know, I said, oh, thank you, Lord. You really answer prayers. How many of you know that God answers prayers? Amen. And you see, that's, that's an amazing thing. I, I, was, I was so happy. We were celebrating. We were in China. She was not feeling well because she was pregnant. But, you know, she, she, we, had, we were happy, basically happy. And, you know, I monitored through the months how this baby would grow in, in her tummy. And guess what? I found out that this baby was so hyper. You know what I'm saying? Okay, if you've been pregnant be- before, and then you have babies, right? they, they kick, they do that, they do this, and they do the wave. You know? And I said, boy, this is, God, this is a boy. I said, I'm really happy to have a boy. And then Nathan, my son, and I, we were celebrating, because this is going to be a boy. I, I can really feel it. Yeah, yeah, Dad, I know it's a boy. So many, many months came, and here it is, okay? We wanted to find out the gender, right? So you go have an ultrasound, right? And the first time we had an ultrasound, guess what? It did not show. So still I said, yeah, it's going to be a baby boy. So the second time we went back and to have that ultrasound, now here's the kicker. They said, sir, I'm sorry, but I think it's a, it's a girl. Because I was saying, it's boy and a boy. But no, it's a girl. Eh. And we go, no, no, you're mistaken. It's a boy. It's a boy, okay? Oh, sige po, you come again after a month. 
So finally, you know, at this at this at this point, I said, uh, "This is this is going to be a boy." Then again, the man said, uh, "It's a girl." <laughs> so you see, you, you could have, you know, you should see our faces before my son and I. We, don't get me wrong. Okay? I love my little girl. Okay, she's she's daddy's girl. But at that point, you know, we were we were really expecting a son. We got shocked, and to our surprise, our 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 daughter was praying for a baby sister. Silently. So, mas malakas pala yung prayer ng ano. So I said, okay. But you have to understand, I already wrote down the exact name I wanted to put for, yeah. yeah but it didn't, it didn't happen. I wanted Ethan. Because we had Nathan and wanted Ethan. So I had to research, go to the internet, Google the names again. And finally, I found Colleen. Whoa. It meant, it's a girl. <laughs> so, so finally, I got, I got, I got the name, and I added Abriana, which means noble, noble woman. What's in a name? Okay, um, it's important to know a name because it it really talks about character. You know, there's a purpose. In other words, when you name a child, right? how many of you love your names? Amen. By faith. Okay, by faith. You probably are wondering what's my name. I didn't like my name. All right. Okay, you want to find out? You want a secret? You know me? What's, what's my name? Pastor Saul for? Solomon. Question. Yes, it is Solomon. Can you just imagine every single, every single year growing up in school, they'd always make, a, make fun of my name. Especially Sesame Street before was, you know, Solomon Grundy washes his face on Monday, something like that. You know, tapos si Haring Solomon, di ba? Parang... I didn't like my name, but there is a purpose to this name. So, if you have your name, guess what? There is a purpose. Can you tell that to your neighbor? There is a purpose for your name. <laughs> okay. Now, names, okay? Names or titles in the Bible. Now, hear me out. Names, names in the Bible reveals the character of that person. Okay? It's important. Probably like Ryan or Francis. Wala na sa Bible ba kayo? Nasa, na, parang nasa El Gibor. El Gibor, yeah. But there, there is a purpose of that name. And you know, when you talk about the name of the Messiah, being Wonderful Counselor, Now Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, there is a, a message to that. In other words, there is a purpose to that. Let me show you. Christ's name or names reveal His personality, His purpose, and his power. Okay, last week, Pastor Ariel talked about wonderful counselor. But you talk about the name of, of Jesus Christ being the wonderful counselor. Pastor Ariel said that wonderful means, in Hebrew word, pele. Everybody say pele. Yes, pele is not just an adjective to describe, you know, the counselor, wonderful counselor. It is really descriptive of who God is. Meaning, if I were to say, you know, God is wonderful, that's exactly what it is. It's not just wonderful counselor, but he is wonderful. Right? Let me show you. God, in other words, is incomprehensible, amazing, absolutely extraordinary, astonishing, marvelous, and miraculous. In other words, simply put, God cannot be explained. You just cannot explain God. Okay? That's why 
Isaiah says, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, it means that this Messiah has a purpose. His purpose here on earth is to reveal who God is because nobody knows God. I mean, there's a few occasions, probably like Moses, you know, God appeared to Moses, but generally speaking, in the history of mankind, before Jesus was born, God, okay, in eternity, didn't enter time yet, He wasn't man yet, nobody understood God. That's why He is a wonder. The reason, the purpose why we celebrate Christmas today is because we know that God wanted to reveal Himself through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's why Emmanuel when Pastor Francis was referring to Emmanuel, he is God with us. Isn't that amazing? Think about that. The God of wonder, God cannot be explained. He comes here now to explain or at least introduce and reveal himself to us. And that for me is good news. That's the central message of Christmas. We're celebrating Christmas and I'm excited about it. But let us not forget, really, God was never been known, wants to be known through His Son. And that's what we have today. God Himself comes to reveal His goodness, His love for us. That is wonderful. Pastor Yael also said He is a wonderful counselor. Okay? Counselor means okay, He's got infinite wisdom because He is wonderful. He gives the great advice Great counsel, but here's what I like about counselor. The meaning of counselor is the one who plans for us. Isn't that amazing as well? Think about that. God had already planned this. I mean, this very moment we're staying here. God planned this. The reason why you're here, God planned this one. Many times we don't see that because we are planning our lives. You all remember when you were still young before? You were young, not so long ago. Not, not so long ago, we were young. We were in college. And so much, you know, there's so much, um, how do you call this, uh, passion you know, for the future. And here you are. You want to plan your life. You said, you know, after I graduate, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work at a nice company. I'm going to build my own empire. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marry someday. I'm going to marry. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to buy a house. And then how many of you know all your plans today, today, about probably... How many percent of that really happened today? Because it's not God's plan. For many are the plans in the man's heart, but it is God's plan that prevails. So no matter what you do, you know, you'll save yourself a lot of frustration today only if you understood or understand or seek the plan of God for your life. That's who our God is. Wonderful counselor. He has already planned your life. And what the Bible says, His will for you is good, pleasing, and perfect. That's good news for me. It's good, and it's pleasing, and it's perfect. I mean, why do it your own way? Why not do it God's way because it's perfect? So that is the wonderful counselor. And Pastor Yoel says that Jesus Christ really is the wonderful counselor who must be trusted and obeyed because you can fully trust Him. All we need to do is obey. Everybody say obey. obey. All right, praise God. Today, we're going to unbox. Okay, everybody say, unbox again. Okay, not because Jesus, the Messiah, is the product, but we want to get that revelation going, right? So today, we're going to talk about the mighty God. And I want you to stand on your feet 
as we read Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Okay? If you have your Bibles with you, please turn them to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And we can all read it together. One, two, three. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Lord, that today, Lord God, we will get to understand who you are because you have revealed yourself through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, you are indeed the wonderful counselor, but as we study your name as the mighty God, help us understand more. May we, Lord God, know your will for us. Lord, we want to ask God, Holy Spirit, come open our hearts, open our minds, open our spiritual eyes, Lord God. Let everything that will come out from my mouth, Lord God, come from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can take your seats. Yeah. Mighty. Everybody say mighty. Okay. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, I used to watch, I love watching, you know, uh, heroes. I love watching, I don't know if that's only me, but I love watching those cartoons, you know. Did you ever, ever watch Mighty Mouse? Okay. Uh, but that's okay. I have a point. Okay? Mighty Mouse. Love watching Mighty Mouse. And way back then, I also watched Mighty Thor. Not Thor, okay? Yes, it was in black and white. Okay? We didn't have the LED HD. No, it was just black and white. And you're trying to get the antenna. I don't know, you know, if that's only me. But I guess all of us went through that, or maybe the older ones did. But that was it. I love to see... I love, to see, I love watching heroes, cartoons, you know, people who have you know, the power. Why is that? Why are we fascinated with people with this might or strength? Why are we so fascinated at watching the Avengers? Why are we so excited when we say, you know, uh, Captain America, there's going to be another, you know, sequel after that? Why? Because there's something about mighty because we... We want that. We want somehow to experience someone who can really fight for us. Someone who is mighty and strong, who could be there for us. In the same way, when you look at Israel during that time of Isaiah, the whole nation was under turmoil. They were about to be invaded. Okay, They were crying out to God. And Isaiah wrote this. God said to Isaiah, write this. Okay? My name is Wonderful Counselor. Meaning, I want to reveal myself to you guys, but I am also a mighty God. What's interesting is that when you talk about this child given unto us, this son was given to us, the government will be placed upon his shoulder. In other words, there's no other government beyond him. That's what it really means. That means he, can, he has taken that. He has authority over everything. And yet, this child that will be born will be a mighty God. Now, if you were Isaiah probably writing this, uh, Lord, you said a child, and he's also a mighty God. You probably wonder, how is that? I, I can probably get a child who is full of wisdom, is wonderful, great, but uh, also God. You see, God came and did not lose his attribute as a God. 
you need to understand that when Jesus came as a human being, He was still God. There was just an added feature of being human. So when Isaiah wrote this, okay, the Hebrew word mighty God, as he referred to, was El Gibor. Okay? Pastor Ryan says El Gibor. I like that, El Gibor. Everybody say El Gibor. It's kind of like a nice name for a restaurant, right? El Gibor. It's like Hispanic, but it's Hebrew. And, in, <laughs> and, you know, it really means powerful, okay? So by implication, powerful, El Gibor means a warrior, a champion, strong and valiant. That's what, that's what we have. This is our God. And he was describing this, okay? Now question, what would it be like to experience the mighty God? Did you ever think of that? Have you ever experienced a mighty God? Yes. Okay, great. Just a few of us. Uh, seriously, how many of you experience the mighty God? Great. Not all of us. But I want to share to you my experience. The closest encounter that I had was in July 16, 1990. Okay, July 16, 1990 was that year and that day when we had the hardest earthquake that hit our city in Baguio. I'm from Baguio City, and I've experienced the major earthquake. If I'm not mistaken, it's about 7.2, something like that. But it devastated the whole city. Um, A lot of uh, people died. Friends of mine died, and the whole city was devastated. But in that day, before the earthquake struck us, I was in the business district. I was buying uh, lights from a hardware we didn't have those shopping malls. We, we only have those stores. Okay? It was so easy. There was no air condition, no malls like this, nothing. So we went. I was buying basically lights with my friends. And it hit us. And literally, I saw the ground move like a wave. It's kind of like that. And you couldn't stand. It threw us away. And I was, you know, I said, wow, this is, this is an earthquake already. So my friends and I, we all went out went at the middle of Session Road. If you've been to Session Road, that's like, you know, a slope down. And we were there right at the middle. And here's my encounter with God, the mightiness of God. The Bible says that the voice of God is like a raging water, right? And, you know, the the sound in the heavens was kind of like that. It was such a huge, rumbling, raging sound. It made me fall on my knees. For the first time, I've experienced the mightiness of God. The God that, you know, was not really my God. The God that I just, you know, was taught in our religion class. I never knew God. I never had a relationship with God. And if God would have taken my life that day, I wonder where I would be today. In that fateful day, I looked at the heavens. We were there. The only thing that we could do is pray and ask for forgiveness. I thought it was the end of the world. Literally, I'm not kidding. It's like the end of the world. To hear that rumbling sound in the heavens, you'd really think it is. it's time. But praise God, it wasn't. Praise God, He had a plan. Praise God, He is the wonderful counselor with a plan. And praise God, I'm still here. Amen. Amen. So see, when you talk about the mightiness of God, sometimes we just look at it as if you're watching a a cartoon movie or a movie seeing wow great wow thor wow see those 
you know, see the moves, right? But if you really experience the mightiness of God, all of us here will not stand before the Almighty, the Lord of hosts. El Gibor was used by the Israelites. You know, this is one of the strength names of God. And when the Israelites would call out on this name, that really meant that, you know, they are in dire trouble. They are in the, you know, lowest pit. They are probably so depressed, so discouraged, being taken over by a huge enemy. And they called out the name El Gibor. And this is what Isaiah wrote in this passage. El Gibor, the mighty, mighty God. His mightiness. We should not look at God as just God. Oh, God is a loving God. Of course, He's a loving God, but He is a mighty God. Amen. I hope it brings that, you know, godly fear. Now, we cannot take God lightly as a mighty God. Amen? So the best way to look, you know, at the impact of this prophecy is not just in Isaiah. Isaiah is great, okay? I mean, it, it, it does tell us the future, but wouldn't it be nice to really see the fulfillment of this prophecy? And that's where I want to take you today. I want to take you at a time when the prophetic word written by Isaiah is now being fulfilled in the life of Mary. Amen? So let's open the scriptures. Let's go to Luke chapter 1, verse 31. Okay, before I read that, prior to that, let me read in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was, of course, Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And this is the verse. Verse 31, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus. In other words, the Messiah, the Savior. When the prophet Isaiah spoke of this, okay, the fruition, the fulfillment was already being given to Mary. Think about that. 700 long years, they have waited for this prophecy to come. And here it is. She's hearing it. She's seeing it. And what was the response of Mary? What was the response of Mary? Recorded in the same, in the same Gospel of Luke, Elizabeth, you all know Elizabeth. Elizabeth was the relative of Mary who also conceived a child named John the Baptist. You all remember this, right? And you see, when they visited each other, remember that the, the, the baby leaped in her womb and they were happy, they were celebrating and this is what Elizabeth said to Mary, basically telling what was really her response to this majestic prophecy that she was going to. This is what she says in Luke chapter 1, verse 45. Elizabeth said, And blessed is she, meaning Mary, who believed, everybody say believed, that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Now this is key. You know, in our Christian walk, okay, if you do not believe, you will not be here. Right? 
all of us. Everything, our faith. Christianity is hinged on us believing the Word of God. If we don't believe, then there is nothing to talk about in this prophecy. But Mary believed. And let me just side note this one. It is when we believe in God's Word that we truly get to experience who God is. Amen? Amen. That's the only time. Mary experienced God because she believed the Word of God. She believed that this prophetic word is now being fulfilled in her life. And as a response, guess what happened? (laughs) She wrote the most wonderful worship song ever written, better better than all the rest that we're doing today because it is so real. This prophetic word is so real in her life. And it came in what we call the Magnificat. You all know the, the Magnificat. Let me just read to you. For those of you who don't know the Magnificat, this is what she wrote. Luke chapter 1, verse 46 to 48, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has looked on the humble estate of His servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. Verse 49 and 50 says, For He who is mighty, everybody say mighty, has done great things for me, and holy is His name, and His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. And the last, not really the last two verses, but in verse 51 to 52, He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. Now, this is now, okay? This is now the wonderful counselor being revealed that he is the mighty God. He is El Gibor, the mighty God to Mary. And all that she has written here, the worship, the praise, was her encounter with El Gibor, the mighty God. So what does that mean for all of us? Let me share to you today three implications of Jesus as the mighty God. Are you ready? The first one is this. He is our champion. El Gibor, meaning powerful, means or implies that our God is our champion. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in who? God, my Savior. Now, if you look up the meaning of Savior, it simply means a rescuer, a liberator, a deliverer, emancipator. But yet, one of the meanings says champion. You mean to say, Pastor, um, Savior, and, and Champion are one and the same? Let me tell you. And tell me why. Back in those days, a champion, if you all remember David and Goliath, right? The champion of the Philistines, his name was Goliath. Okay? They fought wars not like everybody fighting. They just sought a champion. This champion would save them. David, on the other hand, was the champion of Israel which nobody really liked, but he won. You see, when you look at God as El Gibor, He is our champion, meaning He is our Savior. We love a mighty God who can save us, right? We love that idea. But this time, Israel was looking to God really as their champion. Jesus will be their champion. Kind of like, you know, uh, for us, who's our champion in the Philippines? Manny Pacquiao, right? (laughs) 
Yeah, well, whether he wins or loses, he's still our champion, right? Praise God. But I'm not plugging any politics here, but just to prove a point. When you talk about God as a champion, He is really our Savior. And you see, what's amazing about this, what's interesting rather, is this. Even Mary knew okay, that she needed a Savior. Of course, she knew that she's going to carry Jesus, God. Okay? She didn't say, hey, because I'm carrying Jesus, I'm also a God. No. She wrote this very, very clearly. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God who? My Savior. She didn't say, in your Savior, my Savior, meaning I also need a Savior. Just like you and me, Mary is a sinner. We're all the same. Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 22 to 23, For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No distinction. All of us have sinned. And that means if we sin, we are helpless and we need a Savior. That's what it is. You see, God cannot be our champion unless we acknowledge our need to be saved. Amen. If you're here and there's no need to be saved, then why are you here? <laughs> because probably if the, you know, it's air-conditioned, perhaps you want to get cool, they're cool, cool stuff. No, it's not about that. We're here because we need the Savior. Amen. Secondly, the second impact is that the Messiah, the mighty God, He is our strength. He is our strength. Luke chapter 1, verse 49, 54, He who is what? Mighty. mighty has done great things for me, and holy is His name, and His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. Now, when Luke was writing this, he wrote mighty okay, in Greek meaning donatos. Okay, everybody say donatos. Okay, it's not a snack. Doritos yon. Okay, this is donatos. But it could really, you know, that's a good name for a snack. So if you're, you know, if you want to do business, name yourself donatos corn chips. Something like that. I don't know. But Luke, okay, Luke wrote this mighty, okay, meaning able. Meaning powerful, meaning mighty, and I like the word strong. That's where it is. So the El Gibor implication of the name of God as a mighty God, He's a strong God, is also given here. In other words, Mary experienced the strength of God. How do we know this? Okay? We know that God is able, we know that God is powerful and mighty to do what He plans out. That's amazing. Think about that. This wonderful counselor who made up, you know, who has already planned out your life is also a mighty God who is able to complete the plans and purposes He has for your life. That's amazing. Amen? You can give God the big hand for that. Luke chapter 1, verse 35. Remember Mary... Remember the time that angel Gabriel appeared to him, said, you know, you will bear that child, right? And then the question was, how will this be? 
you know, I'm about to get married to Joseph and I will be pregnant from who? Right? I mean, think about that. And then the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power, everybody say power, of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. See, the power of God is able to do the impossible. I like the next verse that says in verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. Can you say that with me? For nothing will be impossible with God. One more time. For nothing Last time. You know, do that a hundred times, you know, I believe, you know, God will do the impossible for you. You'll start to believe that. Amen. How many of you believe the Word of God? Amen. Praise God. God really is the source of strength. Now, many times, many times in our lives, yes, we know that God can do the impossible. We've seen that. We've heard that. We looked at that. But how many of you run for strength to Him? How many of us go find strength in the Lord? The strength name of God is not just El Gibor, but He's also what we call He is the Rock. Everybody say the rock. Okay, the rock. He's also a strong tower, a mighty fortress. So we can run to him and take cover and be protected, right? See, we know that God can, but sometimes we also feel that we can also draw strength from him. Many times, where are you finding your strength? Where do you go to find strength? Where do we go to seek refuge? Where do we go when we need help? Do you go to your friends? Do you go to, you know, do us something else? God loves us so much. He's a strong God and He wants to protect you. But God cannot protect what we are not willing to give Him. God cannot protect what we are not willing to give Him. Kind of like this. I do not own this clicker, okay? But somehow... To some degree, I would do everything I can to protect it, right? But if it's gone, it's not my problem, right? But if I get my, my phone, okay, eh, I'm still paying for this, okay? So, I'm just kidding. But if you look at this, this is mine. I'll do everything I can to protect it, right? So if, when you look to God, and if you're not willing to give your whole self to Him, if He does not own you, how can He protect you? If you're only giving, you know, like, God, I'm going to give you my 99%, but I get to keep the 1%. How can God protect you? It has to be a total surrender to God. If you truly believe that God is the source of all strength, we could, if you truly believe that He is a mighty God, powerful God, are you willing to surrender everything to Him? Lastly, the third implication of El Gibor, of a mighty God, he is a warrior. In Scripture, it says here in Luke chapter 1, verse 51 to 52, he has shown strength with his arm. Okay? Now, you have to understand, a warrior okay, is made for battle. In fact, he is devoted for war. He is called the man of war. There is strength in his arms. Have you ever seen a skinny warrior. Have you ever seen those movies, you know, really sloppy-looking warrior? No, you don't. 
You want to see warriors with very strong arms like Pastor Ryan. Pastor Ryan, can you flex? That's the kind of Gibor, El Gibor, the strength of God, the mighty God being shown to Mary. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered who? The proud in their, in their thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. God humbles the proud but exalts those who are lowly. What's interesting in the history of China, Mao Zedong, at one point, drove out all Christians out of China. And he declared that China got rid of God. He declared that there is no more Christians, no more China now is a godless nation. There is no God. And many years later to this day, I found out, bro, it's not 63 million. It's over 100 million Christians in China now. I mean, think about that. You cannot drive God. He is a mighty God. Amen? He is a, a strong, Elgibor God. No way, no human, no government, no authority in this world can bring Him down. And that's the God we serve. That's the God we have. He is mighty in battle. Psalm 24, verse 8, Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. He is mighty in battle. And the thing is, God cannot be a warrior to us. He cannot be mighty in battle for us if we are still fighting our own battles. If you're here and you're still saying, God, you know, I'm going to do this on my own strength, my own ability, great. You mean you could try it, you know, best effort you want to do, but allow God to fight your battles. Because when you rely on God, you put your, strength, you, your trust in Him and draw strength from Him, this battle will be easy. In fact, in, in the time of Judah, Hez, King Hezekiah, you know, they, they, were, they were being surrounded by their enemies about to destroy Judah. And this is what King Hezekiah said. With him, he was talking to the enemy, with him is only the arm of flesh. And then he told his, his, his people, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah, the king of Judah, said. God fights our battles. If you think he's not, he is. If you think he can't, he can. The only thing is, will you allow him to fight your battles today? Now, when you talk about battles, you will not have a battle without an enemy, right? The truth is this. All of us, today there are three enemies that we face today. There are three enemies and they are called the devil, sin, and death. These are the three battles that we can face today. The devil, sin, and death in which we have no power to save ourselves from that. Realize that on our own, left to our own, can you fight the devil? Left to our own, can you actually overcome sin? I mean, it's, it's, it's a bondage, right? Left to our own, can we cheat death? No. But here's the good news. 
when you look at the name El Gibor, the mighty God, being the warrior, this is the implication. Jesus, as a warrior, defeated Satan's power and authority. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15 says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Now, Satan thought by killing Jesus on the cross, he was celebrating, yes, he cannot be king anymore of Israel. He was looking at the physical realm, not understanding. It's not about the physical realm. Jesus was prepared for the spiritual kingdom to come. And he thought that he won, but rather he lost because death could not hold Jesus. Because he is a sinless man and cannot be judged by Satan, cannot be you know, declared dead by Satan. Jesus made a public spectacle. No, 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 you didn't win. I won. And that's the picture of a warrior. Secondly, Jesus as a warrior defeated sin because he has the power to forgive. Nobody in this world can forgive sin. I can forgive you for offending me, but your sin, I cannot forgive. Because your sin is not against me, but it is against an almighty God. But the good news, Jesus has the power to forgive sin. Mark chapter 2, verse 5 says, When Jesus saw the faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins, not sin, but your sins are forgiven. No amount of sin that God cannot forgive. There's no amount of sin that He, Jesus Christ, cannot forgive. Whatever sin you have, no matter how it is, how grave it is, yes, even murder, even even all those uh, heinous crimes. You know, um, I, I saw uh, many, many years back, there was an interview of uh, Ted Bundy, bro, if I'm not mistaken. This guy was a rapist. He's a murderer. He's killed over 100 women. But on the day of his execution, he understood the gospel. On the day of his execution, he accepted the death penalty but yet he knew God forgave him. You know, nothing is difficult for God. Whatever sin that you have today, God has the power to forgive. He is the mighty warrior. And lastly, Jesus as a warrior defeated death. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55 to 57 says, Oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? The sting of death is Sin. The power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. We may die today, physical death, but we know it's just going to be a sting. Because after death comes eternity. And that's why we're sure to say, God, thank you, Lord God. I'm not afraid to die. Okay? Are you afraid to die? Is that a question or a statement? Okay. No. No. Okay. Okay, but not yet. I think that's what you're trying to say. I'm not afraid to die, Pastor, but not yet. Okay. Before I end, let me share to you a powerful scripture 
that even the prophet Isaiah, we started out with Isaiah, we're going to end with Isaiah. Isaiah wrote this, and this is coming from God himself. In verse 411 says, I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me, there is no Savior. Our main point this evening is this. Jesus is the mighty God who alone can save us. If you're looking for somebody else to save you, look no further. Jesus is mighty to save us. Amen? Let's just bow down our heads. When you look at sin in our lives, it is really ugly. And while we are in the presence of an almighty God, I don't really care if uh, you, you are a Christian or not. That's okay. But if you have sinned against God, the Bible says really He has the power to forgive us of all our sins. I want you to take this time just to reflect on what you have done in the past and come before our God and say, God, you said that whatever sin you are able to forgive. And that is you. With nobody looking around. I want you to lift up your hand. If you have sinned against God, whether you, are, you were faithless, you doubted Him, you were angry, that is just lift it up before God and say, God, that's me. Somehow you have offended God. You have done something wrong. It's okay. Even if you're a Christian, you've been walking you know, for many years with God, and God isn't through with us yet. I believe today we can receive forgiveness, whatever it is we have done. See, the beauty behind this, while you are still alive today, His mercies are new every morning. So Lord, we come before you, Lord God. Lord, you know our, our wrongdoings, you know our shortcomings. We come and lay it down before you today and ask God, Lord, forgive us of all acts of unrighteousness or the sin, Lord God. And we carry, Lord. We know, God, that we cannot save ourselves. So we run to you, Lord, and ask for your forgiveness. Right now, if you're lifting up your hand, just say this to me. Father, thank you that you have sent your one and only Son to die for us so that we may receive forgiveness. So today, I believe in your word that I am forgiven. So receive that forgiveness right now in Jesus' name. And if you're here and you've been tired and weary, it's been a, I don't know, I don't know what's going on in your, in your situation in life, but you know we can draw strength from God today. Stop doing it in your own strength, in your own ability. Come before God. Say, God, I surrender to you everything so that I may experience you as the mighty God, the champion, the strong, valiant, the warrior, the God who loves me. And that is you. Lift up your hands before God. Say, God, that's me. I want that strength. I want to draw strength from you today. Just lift it up before God. Nobody looking around. Just say, God, that's me. And thank you, God. And I have received it today. Lord God, not just your forgiveness, but your strength as well. Lord, would you pour out your Spirit upon those who are lifting up their hands today. Fill them. Refresh them. As they have surrendered everything to you today, 
Lord, I pray that you will give them, Lord. You will let them experience you as a mighty God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you give God a big hand? Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcasts.